0: it's time for roadworthy drive with ken chester ken is a nationally syndicated automotive journalist and photographer who has been in and around the industry for over 30 years so tune in for your fill of automotive information and entertainment with your automotive ringmaster ken chester
1: Welcome to hour number two of Roadworthy Drive. I am your host for this hour, Ken Chester. So glad you could join us. For the hour, the conversation will center on three two types of vehicles coming to the market in the very near future. Uh, there's a commotion about bike sharing, and I'm not even talking about motorbikes, electric bikes, or even scooters. I'm talking about the good old-fashioned pedal-powered bicycle. There's a war out there. We're going to talk about it. And then finally... Elon Musk's Boring Company is taking on Chicago. 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 Really. All that and our regular rummaging around for news from the parts bin. But first, to connect with me and the rest of the Roadworthy Drive crew, call or text the Roadworthy Drive line that number, 872-222-9793. If email is your thing, my address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. Either way makes it possible to add your voice. To the conversation, I'm happy to report that the Roadworthy Drive crew for the second hour this week is at full strength, with Jack at the controls and Sasha at mic two. How y'all doing?
2: I still want half of this duty pay from last hour. <laughs>
1: <You> know, <laughs> my, my, put my the goodness. fire out we put
2: the fire out. Oh my goodness, that <sighs> I mean, was just that was kind of an inter- that was an interesting fun
1: hour. It really yeah. was. It was a five alarm fire. We had it handled all good.
2: Well, and mm-hmm. luckily we didn't burn anything in our rented studio. The studio is a little singed. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, we're going to. I have don't f- care what he says. It is not singed. We are
3: not admitting to any damage that may or may not have occurred to the felt top. There you go.
2: I-
1: I'll I'll ride with that. Okay, Mr. <laughs> Chester,
2: what is in the parts bin for this hour?
3: What's uh, in the parts bin today, Ken? Oh,
1: seriously, Sasha? Yeah. No, Sasha. oh God. <laughs> let let that go. R- really, let 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 that go, please. Um, Electric big rig trucks It's a thing coming, yes It's a thing um, Now, we've spent time And we we did it here too About Tesla's new semi But Tesla, easy Sasha Tesla's not alone I know that I And to... thank
3: goodness for that Because Tesla's uh, version of the semi truck Leaves many much to be desired
1: Indeed it does uh, enter heavy truck maker Freightliner. Nice. Uh, a unit of Germany's Daimler, they've mm-hmm. actually introduced two battery-powered truck models for the U.S. market uh, in an attempt to fend off your friend Tesla, Volvo, who's in the heavy trucks, mm-hmm. and Volkswagen. Uh, the Freightliner e Cascadia is an electric 18-wheeler with a 250-mile range, aimed for regional and port services. And they've developed another one, more like a delivery truck, and it's called the Freightliner em two one oh six. This is designed for local delivery with a range of up to 230 miles. Now, the Freightliner claims to be uh, the world's largest truck maker, and they're coming in with this. And we have also reported on other companies, and I can't think of that other one, begins with N, who was out there. They originally were going with a different Alternative fuel propulsion system, right? That I think they turned to electric now.
3: I did, I did, I do think that they went to electric, but I, I'm blanking on the name of that. Mm-hmm.
1: I am too, but we'll we'll find it. It's not a problem. Um, here's a quote to give you an idea how serious uh, Freightliner is. And I quote: "We are the undisputed global leader of the trucking industry, and we intend to remain in that position with electric trucks and buses." And their story didn't talk about anything about a bus. So that should be interesting. Although I do know and I do remember because, again, we reported it here, they did introduce a school bus.
3: That's right.
1: uh, That was electric. Yep. So I don't know. But he didn't say school buses. He said buses. Buses. Yeah. Right. So we'll have to see with that. Now, right now, their range is about half of what Elon Musk says his is. Um, According to that, according – To Elon, the Tesla Semi is supposed to have a range of 500 miles. Mm -hmm. How is he going to pull that off with weight? Good question. I guess we're going to have to see. They said they'll have it done by 2020.
3: Well, and see, this is one of those things that Elon has, you know, really, really gotten known for. He makes these big claims and then the deadline comes and then it passes and then it. Passes again, and then it passes because, I mean, you could say whatever you want,
2: but. And at what point in time are people not going to believe him anymore?
1: Well, you know, part of being an entrepreneur is swinging for the fences. Yeah. Sometimes I you mean, miss. he
3: might miss, but he's still putting out amazing things when he gets it right. Okay, and what is wrong with his semi right now? Uh, where do you start? Well, Jack, and when we actually covered this before, when he first announced it, you as a truck driver pointed out various parts around the semi where where were they going to see? And then Ken had that article
1: from a trucker that a actually trucker. evaluated it. One, let's start with the obvious. Number one, with the Tesla, you sit in the middle. It's a one passenger sit in the middle of the truck kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Which means, and it didn't have win- it didn't have windows you could open. Which means if you're passing documentation to like a dock or coming into a facility or where the you, highway patrol. Or the highway patrol. Yeah. Uh, how are you going to give them the documents they require?
3: Not only that, but let's all remember the hooking up with the trailers. You were only going to be able to use the Tesla trailers and did they actually come out with a package where it was going to be a uniform trailer connection? I,
1: I haven't seen that, but I've got one word. And that okay. can relate to this. On on an 18-wheeler, the big thing missing on the Tesla, one word, mirrors. Yep. Yeah. But— The thing it, was woefully short on mirrors. Well, but how many cameras did it have? Yeah. Not see, nearly enough.
3: That okay. was the thing, because I think that he's he's making those to be a non—how would you term it? Like a non-visual? Like you're not going to actually see it with your own eyes. You're going to be seeing it on a display.
2: Well, and that, I, and that
1: causes a whole lot of problems. Blind spots. Yep. Um— Electric problems or failures with the cameras. Why? Mir- can't yeah, be a I know? Thing? Mirrors are mirrors are mirrors are mirrors, and manual mirrors don't well, fail.
2: And, and I will tell you something as somebody who drove a school bus to put himself through college,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I
2: loved the mirrors that we had because I had, I had a mirror on both sides of me that I could see down the side of the bus. Mm-hmm. I had a little mirror underneath the big mirror mm-hmm. that showed me close up. Mm-hmm. on both sides of the buses. And then I had what was called a busboy mirror. Mm-hmm. And what that is is a mirror for me to look at the front and make sure the little ones weren't playing with the uh, cord that was coming out that ran right. the heater.
1: Right. And, and, in fact, most school buses now have that little guard that comes out. Yep. Uh, to protect because we had a number, I don't know, 80s or 90s of kids getting run over that the driver never saw. Yep. Um, did you know that even Volkswagen is spending – billion to develop electric drivetrains and autonomous tech for trucks and buses. And Volvo, who also operates a heavy truck division, Mm -hmm. also plans to display their electric and autonomous prototypes for Japan this year in 2018.
2: Well, it just seems like everybody's trying to go that way because what it will do is it will cut down on emissions.
1: Yeah, but more importantly cost. If you can get a mile that's electric uh cheaper than a mile uh With you, diesel. Yeah. It boils down to cost and these guys are intensive of a cent.
2: Well, yeah, but again, the other issue you have is what do you do then if everything goes to electric and you'll lose the fuel tax.
1: Yeah, and that's a whole other conversation yes, for is. a whole nother time. We estimated that uh in a con- the most under the most conservative, well, under the most liberal plans, that in the next 15 to 20 years, uh, they would lose around the world about $92 billion. Under the most conservative plans, you can half that. It's still over $40 billion. And so, again, where is the money going to come to fix the roads? There you go. So, again, more things to think about. Um, Jack? Yes, sir. Are you happy with your auto insurance company? Yes, I am. Well, a recent survey from J.D. Power, Mm -hmm. Customer Satisfaction, says that you're not alone. Uh, It seems that even though premiums have risen, more and more customers are actually satisfied with their car insurance companies than not. Here's
2: what I've always said. Mm -hmm. You know, I realize, and I have not had in my driving career that many accidents, but I've had a couple. Mm Okay. Okay. I had one that happened to me in 1999. That basically, some guy slid down a hill mm-hmm. in one of the one of the neighborhoods I lived in, mm-hmm. and I basically T-boned him. Ouch! He had a stop sign. A uh, yikes! Okay. Mm-hmm. My insurance company said, "Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it," and they did.
1: Awesome. And the and the repairs looked great. Let me let me. One major takeaway of several uh, they said that usage-based insurance programs are growing significantly by leaps and bounds next up hybrid police vehicles like tactical vehicles and a performance-oriented luxury car
3: this is roadworthy Drive
0: Drive with Ken Chester is America's premier automotive news and information talk show.
4: Rambler American for 1963. A young American with reclining bucket seats. New storage console. New twin stick floor shift with instant overtake. The economy king has brand new zing. This is the 440H. New Rambler American hardtop. New power. 138 horses with America's top economy six, and the shortest turning and the easiest handling. Rambler American, the young American for 63 at low Rambler prices.
1: This is Roadworthy Drive. If you're just tuning in, thanks for listening. I'm your host for the hour, Ken Chester. In this segment, I want to introduce you to three different and unique vehicles that are coming to the marketplace in the near future. They have different uses and will appeal to different drivers and customers. The cool factor was high enough for me to introduce them to you. I want to start with what's coming in 2020 to probably, if you break the law, a highway near you. Um, a hybrid version Ford's Explorer-based police interceptor
4: utility really? vehicle.
1: Yep. Not not only will it come up on you, mm-hmm. but he'll be fuel efficient when he pulls you over. <laughs> there you go. Uh huh. The thing will get. They say the new hybrid, which will come out in 2020, will get 24 miles to the gallon. City or highway? Uh, I believe that's combined. And they say it's 40 percent more efficient than the engine that's in there now.
2: Well, yeah, if you've got a police interceptor, they've given you horsepower
1: to get anywhere you need to be fast. But wait a minute. this It would make this utility, this police interceptor utility, the most efficient Explorer on the market, even beating their front wheel drive, turbocharged, 2.3 liter, four cylinders, 22 miles to the gallon. Okay. But that's not all. Can not only is it fuel efficient. Can I get one? Yeah, no. No. Please. It's going to be fast. Um they're talking about more than uh, the current 3.7 that's in it gets 304 horsepower and 279 foot, foot, foot yeah. pound of torque. Thank you. Can't talk. Must be going on or something. Uh, considering the extra weight, uh, they figure that the output of the hybrid will be greater than the V6. The thing will actually be faster.
2: And that's what's in the Interceptor right now is a V6? V6. Mm-hmm.
1: And wow. Oh, did I mention... That the hybrid will be all-wheel drive? No, you didn't. Yeah. You did not. And, and, and Sasha would appreciate this. Of course I would. The police interceptor utility will also have uh-huh. a blind spot system that can detect people walking around the car and automatically lock the doors and roll up the windows in case of danger.
3: I need one.
1: Car, protect thyself. Well, right?
3: I mean, why did I just see, like, the Batmobile thing, like, when he was like, Shields. Yeah. <laughs> well, and,
2: well,
1: and here's my other question. Isn't that Star Trek?
3: No.
2: Oh. And, and, he, and here's the other question that, that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the car's going to try to protect the officer, which I
1: think is a wonderful thing. It's
3: amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it bulletproof glass? <gasps>
1: good question. Um, I was thinking about, you know, the heat, the uh, flamethrowers and stuff. But oh. yeah, a good question.
3: Can I really need one?
1: Oh, no, no. This is the one you want. Speaking of flamethrowers, oh boy! (laughs) Oh yes. AM General debuts a new light tactical vehicle. Mm -hmm. Uh, If AM General, if that name sounds familiar to you, wasn't that Hummer? That was Hummer. Okay, but wait a minute. AM General Uh was the military division of American Motors way back in the day. Really? They even made buses back in the day.
2: I remember. I remember the buses from AM
1: General. Yeah, them, them folks. They have a new. Um, Light Tactical Vehicle, Uh, they call it the next generation light tactical vehicle, the NSX 360. Um, They said it adds added protection, payload capacity, and superior handling performance to perform in any rugged or urban environment. And the the best part, Mm -hmm. that you can either buy it as a new vehicle or take the upgrades and put them into one of their existing ones. What? Oh, really. But I am so not done. Where is the sticker price on this? That's uh, what I want well, to Well, they, they didn't. They did not say. Of course not.
3: Why do they tease us with these things?
1: They, they did not say. Okay. But let's see. Uh, advantages, key features, greater survival ability, mm-hmm. uh, improved off-road mobility. Of course. Higher payload capacity, uh-huh. which it will carry actually 15,500 pounds, enhanced stopping capability, uh, analog brakes, stability control, traction control, and their words, not mine, an autonomous brake control interface—whatever that means.
2: So basically, it's a trailer brake that you would find in most vehicles mm-hmm. today.
3: How many flamethrowers surround the vehicle? Actually, that you can
1: get by- it with a Hawkeye 105 millimeter weapon system.
3: What? Yes, yes.
1: it's a Howarth- howitzer kit. Yes. That you can get oh, with it. good. Yes. Night. Needless, it- needless to say. This is not available to the public. Thank you. Uh, Sorry, Sasha. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, when I mentioned the greatest survivability with blast seats and mats, transparent Mm. armor, you were asking about Bulletproof on the Ford. Uh, Uh No, this is the one you need. Okay. This is the one that's Bulletproof.
3: As a mother with four daughters, Mm -hmm. I'm really thinking that that would be... The perfect vehicle, so that way the children could have World War 17 in the back seat, mm-hmm. and I would be fine. Well, mm-hmm. well, no, but again, here's another intimidating point about it. Mm-hmm. The boyfriends. Yeah, right?
1: uh, did I mention the howitzer 105? Yeah. They showed this actually in Europe at a military show. Okay. Mm. Um, I also mentioned, because of last hour, full disclosure, um, AM General has a, their quote, Strong supplier base that stretches across 43 states. Wow. Just thought I'd put that out there. Last but not least, how about going extremely fast uh, with no emissions, Sasha?
3: I I mean, I, I need to have the car in order to know.
1: Porsche Taycan. T-A-Y-C-A-N. Yeah. Porsche's first electric sports car. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. 600 horsepower.
3: I just yeah. Have you
1: sixty? Yeah, sixty miles an hour under three point five seconds. Pick um, your head up out of that. And one (laughs) hundred twenty-four miles an hour in less than twelve seconds. Right. And wait a minute, a maximum range of over three hundred miles. The producer says it again. What could
3: possibly go wrong?
1: Oh my goodness.
3: I just. But have you seen it though? I just don't. It's it's
1: actually a a beautiful looking car.
3: I just. I was not a fan.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, let me. This might make you a fan. In addition to all the money they're going to spend, which they're spending, Porsche is spending $6.9 billion in what they're calling electromobility by 2022. Mm -hmm. But for those of you that always wanted to be part of a Porsche but couldn't afford one, if you live in Europe, you can actually subscribe to their digital charging service for electric vehicles. What? Yes. Uh, They've got an app, of of course, that you can get. That will do things for you to find you the nearest charging station, arrange for payment regardless, all kinds of cool stuff. They say that the service is open to all drivers of hybrid or electric vehicles, and it's not limited to use for Porsche vehicles. Pretty cool. Coming up, bike wars are a thing. Seattle is ground zero, and that's next.
3: Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is heard exclusively on the Roadworthy Drive radio network.
0: You're tuned in to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester.
2: I think you opened up a problem with with Am General's vehicle because now Sasha is just talking about it like she talked about canvas.
1: Well, I think she liked the uh, ho- uh, the uh, yeah, Howitzer, the Howitzer, Howitzer yeah, yeah. hundred and five millimeter. Uh,
2: well, well, with the fact that she has four girls at home, I can understand that.
1: Yeah, yeah but and there's, there's only so much outputting, not not inbound. <laughs> Look, so,
3: all I'm saying is there's only so much work that I could send my long hair to to do.
1: I know that's right. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Welcome to the second part of this hour. It is Roadworthy Drive, I promise. It is. I'm, so- I'm your host and Mater D, Ken Chester. But before we continue, though, I have this one question I need to ask. Why haven't you checked out the show website? I have a list, number one. Uh, you always have a list. I'm going to burn your list. How's that? <laughs> uh, for you roadies out there that need more than your fair share of the road, uh, RoadworthyDrive.com is a great place to get yours audio clips of past shows, videos of behind-the-scenes antics, and so much more. It's also a great place to discover where to find us in the universe of social media. Sasha keeps things light and lively during the week between shows as she shares thought-provoking posts of a tech nature. For those of you who are hardcore mobile, also check us out of Google Play and Blueberry Podcasting. See how Sasha keeps the social in our social media. Also, like us on Facebook. With that said... Um, there's a war going on in our country. Really? hmm
2: mm-hmm. What kind of war are we fighting?
1: Uh, it happens to be in Seattle, Washington. Why does that not surprise me? And it happens to uh, involve the lowly bicycle. Really? Not scooters. Not, not electric? Ele- not electric bikes. Not motorcycles or anything like that. The regular pedal-operated, mainly pedal-operated bicycle. Okay, and what
2: has caused all of this? Well, a little background. Okay.
1: You know, we've talked here about mobility being a mosaic of shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. and different pieces that will make up how Americans get from point A to point B in the coming years. Um, I think you think of it more of a couple of Teutonic plates in the Earth's crust coming together. Oh, boy. And you might have the uh, appreciation for what's going on in Seattle. A little history. Seattle is known for its environmentally uh, positive ways. Right. Um, They had actually tried a docked bike service. In other words, a place where a bike goes from point A to point B. It's secured. It's a docking system. Right. Kind of like what we have in our town. Right. Um, It didn't do well. The company that started that from uh, 2014 to 2017 pretty much did everything wrong. All right. And they tried it, and it just didn't work out. And the city shut it down. Then the city said, you know, we're going to try this again, but we're going to invite three companies, and we're going to go dockless. Now, for those of you that don't understand what a dockless system is relative to, like, scooters or bicycles, what it means is you can pick the bike up from a location, ride it to where you're going, and drop it off. Doesn't matter where.
2: It doesn't matter where we're dropping the bike off. Nope. Okay, how do, how do I as a company know where the bike is?
1: Ah, because it's GPS-enabled, and it has a lot of that information already built into the bike. Okay. So what that means is you end up having a lot of crews going around, picking up bikes, and redistributing them at distribution locations.
3: Like that story that you talked about where the kid was making some really good money.
1: Chasing birds.
3: Chasing birds.
1: Only this time it's just regular bikes. But here's the bigger problem. Um, I'm thinking of a picture when this happened in China a few years back, Mm -hmm. and there was this mountain by like uh, public transportation of bicycles just thrown in a pile. It was awful, and China ended up having to crack down. Um, Seattle thought they could lick this and keep that from happening. So what they did is they invited three companies to put 4,000 bikes on their streets for a limited period. So that they could evaluate what was going on. Um, and they thought they could get it done. Now, there are other, there are other cities, Dallas, Los Angeles, Washington DC, and a few smaller Florida cities that have all embraced. And here's the key word, my friend, small dockless bike share programs because you're, you're sharing bikes. And these companies are picking them up. The companies are Ofo, LimeBike, and Spin. And no, I didn't cuss. It's Ofo. O-F-O. That's the name of the company. (laughs) Just so we're clear. Thank you. Was not cussing. Um, 4,000 bikes, six-month trial. What happens when you get companies in a competition? They realize that success in Seattle could mean investment and a rollout across the rest of the nation. And my guess is they told all three of them to do it at the same time. Well, that was the whole thing, but they thought they could limit it to 4,000 bikes each of them. Okay. So you're looking at a total of 12,000 bikes total. Would you believe that in five of those six months, Mm -hmm. they had 350,000 rides covering almost a million miles? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately... Even though 74% of the cities in favor of them, they started showing up some everywhere and getting in people's ways. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, because the companies, in order to get the numbers up, would keep dropping the price to literally free in some cases. And it was causing a real mess. They show pictures with this piece. Bikes contorted and twisted and thrown some everywhere and stacked. It, Yeah, not pretty. Not pretty. But here's something that that is positive. Three quarters of the rides were being used to access public transit, helping to fill in the gaps left by those established systems. However, the thousands of new bikes in circulation eventually led to conflicts with residences. With residents. Imagine if did. you're in a neighborhood. Where suddenly there's a pile of these bikes and they're either at the bottom of your driveway, the end of your street. Or in your yard. Or in your yard.
3: Yeah, because somebody drops one and then everybody else just assumes that that's where they go. And
1: Well, they get to where they're going and they drop the bike. And I've seen some really creative pictures like, how'd they do that? <laughs> <laughs> how'd you get the bike? Yeah, no. Are you saying that somebody put a bike up a tree? Not quite that bad, but it was kind of confangled and not in a good way. Oh, boy. Yeah. So... Again, another advantage with all those rides, if they have replaced Car Journeys, it would have put out 400 fewer tons of carbon dioxide, uh, reduced emissions, and less traffic congestion. Because the reason why they're pursuing this in the first place, Seattle has some of the worst traffic congestion in the country. Amen to that. I've been there. Yeah, but I like Seattle.
2: I didn't say i didn't like I Seattle. love
1: Seattle in fact, I would live in West Seattle with on a bungalow facing Puget Sound if i could i would I would
2: love only for one thing to do go back to Seattle and take the ferry up to Vancouver.
1: I've actually taken the ferry across to Brainbridge Island. Those things hold like two hundred and some odd cars wow yeah it's- it's quite a deal, so impressive in any case, but the good news is. Although they say the city was starting to act like a bunch of ill behaved seven year olds who refused to pick up after themselves, they're going to figure this out. So the battle rages. Um, And how they figure it out has benefits for the rest of the country. Finally, the boring company bears down on Chicago.
3: You're riding Shotgun with Ken
0: and Roadworthy Drive. Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, I need a whistle. I
1: gotta play. Refer- I gotta play referee here. Oh my yes. goodness! No, No. Black no. Black and white
3: shirt and everything. I'll get it.
1: No, we'll be fine. You all behave over there. I'm
3: behaving.
1: Uh huh. This is the final segment for this hour, number two of Roadworthy Drive. It is not World Wrestling. <laughs> we- oh, it's not WWE. No, sir. No, it's actually Roadworthy Drive. Uh, I'm Ken Chester, the host. Not the announcer, yes, yeah, sure, or, or or at ringside. I <laughs> uh, just true. just wanted to make that plain. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems though that we can't go two weeks without talking about Sasha's favorite person, Elon Musk. All
2: we have to do now is find a theme song that would fit Elon Musk. Mm, we do.
1: Funny thing is that today, it's not about Tesla, and it's not even about SpaceX. Nope. We're talking about his other bodacious effort. Uh, you might have heard of it. Play on words. The Boring Company. Boring. Yes. Yeah. Basically, it seems that with the skies and the roads already covered transportation-wise. Tunnels. Yes. That Musk is going underground to resolve the nation's traffic woes. Now, his original project was in L.A., but it seems that the company has landed a contract for an underground highway in, of all places, Chicago. Really? Yeah. I thought it was kind of a hoaxy thing until I looked into it. But it turns out that Chicago was taking bids for a traffic solution that would get people from O'Hare to downtown faster. Okay, I can see that. Okay. Elon Musk was, ended up winning the bid. And the way this is going to work, now they're going to front all the cost. The taxpayers theoretically ain't coming up with nothing. Mm-hmm. But as a result, it's being privatized, so he gets to keep all the money that he makes. Now, he thinks, Elon Musk said, I can get it done for a billion dollars. And everybody else who's into traffic and highway building and mm-hmm. tunnel building mm-hmm. said, <laughs> that's cute. No, not even close. And they break the numbers down. Now, what they're gonna, what they're looking to do is this uh, loop, one of their high-speed transit ideas is what they want to build. It's 17 miles. And the city has been looking for a long time to address the issue of the long transit time between its major airport and downtown. They started this process last year, a bidding process for a transit system. And uh, the boring Company ended up being one of the two finalists and eventually won.
2: Okay, here's them. my question. Where were the other two bidders at for money? They didn't say.
1: That should be public information. It probably is, but it wasn't part of this story. Okay. Okay, Um, the company submitting projects had to cut down the sometimes hour long trip to just 20 minutes. Get this. The boring company submission reduced the travel time to about 12 minutes. The way they're going to do it, utilizing electric vehicles traveling at over 100 miles an hour in two new twin underground tunnels they plan to dig.
2: Okay, now are we talking about a fast train, automobiles,
1: what? Well, their whole loop system um, uses different pressures and electric motors to actually move the thing at a high rate of speed. Okay, so this is going to be a train? In a way, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, they planned to use, and I didn't even know about this, there was this underground transit station they had built at what they call Block 37 to create a new station at O'Hare that the city had already spent before they abandoned it in 2008, 100 million dollars on this thing. Wow. And it's still going to cost 50 million to even bring it to where they can use it. Okay. On top of that. Here's what the city wrote in a press release about this new project. Each vehicle will carry up to 16 passengers plus their luggage. And will depart from O'Hare and Block 37 as frequently as every 30 seconds. The Boring Company plans to cha- charge fares below their original uh Request for for bids, uh, requirement that this premium service should cost less than the current taxi and ride share services. Okay. Mhm. Now, yeah, they're looking at using modified Tesla Model X platforms to do this.
2: Okay, so are we talking about, for lack of a better term on my part, individual cars will be take so many people or? Husband, and wife, and send them on Every, their thir- way?
1: every 30 seconds.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. So I got to assume this is going to be a loop somewhere. Yes. Okay.
1: Now, interestingly enough, and particularly for Chicago, the contract will also include protections to ensure taxpayers would be protected against any loss incurred by an incomplete project. So Elon is truly on the hook. All the way. Okay. Um, now, would you believe the traffic between downtown Chicago and O'Hare? Mm-hmm. A day. A day. Mm-hmm. 20,000. Doesn't surprise me. A day. Between O'Hare and the Chicago Central Business District, is what they're calling it. And it could have quite an impact on traffic in the city, cost of transport, and on emissions, since it would be all electric and replacing lots of taxi and ride sharing trips. Now, the thing I didn't see in this piece. Is if I was a taxi operator or Uber or Lyft, why I wouldn't be up in arms against this? I was just about to ask that
2: question. And
1: I didn't see anything like that.
2: Well, and again, you've also got to look at something else too, Ken. And that is at some point in time, the taxi drivers and the Uber drivers are going to have to start raising all kinds of Holy Cane because they're about
1: to be out of business.
3: And wouldn't that be funny considering the fact that Uber had to fight with the taxi drivers to begin with? Yeah, but
1: the goal of Uber, stated goal, is to get rid of drivers completely. Yeah. That's their thing. Eventually, Uber wants to operate driverless transportation. They want to end individual ownership of vehicles, and they want it all autonomous, with no drivers, and very low cost. Well, and you know how I feel about that. I do. I do. And I like driving, too. Now— the civil engineers that were consulted uh, when Elon Musk proposed this, Elon Musk said, "I can do it for a billion dollars." Civil engineers said, "Yeah, no, not even close." And they give a few examples um, of projects that cost big money. Um, they said that even a construction cost of five hundred to a billion would be remarkably low. Literally twenty nine to fifty nine million dollars a mile of tunneling because you got to include stations that you got to build, mm-hmm. emergency passage, air handling, all that other stuff's got to be built into the system, in addition to the tunnel. Right. And they're not figuring it's going to happen. Second Avenue Subway in New York uh, costs two point five billion dollars a mile. Wow. Wow. Um, and it took a hundred years to even get the thing built. And they believe, the Boring Company says, they can build 18 miles worth of tunnels for a fraction of that. Huh, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Well, that ends this installment of Roadworthy Drive. Be sure to tune in next week when the Roadworthy Drive crew does it all over again.
3: You've been listening to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester.
4: Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.